that last track. Uh, thanks so much for Maya Billick to taking us through lunch on this very special International Women's Day uh, takeover of FBI programming. It's always a pleasure to tune into Maya's show. My name's Katie Winton and I'm joined by Isabel Hawthorburn. We usually host Agenda on Saturday mornings, which is politics, art, pop culture and trash from a feminist perspective. But seeing as it is International Women's Day, we'll be taking over your regular Thursday Arvos um, for today. And thanks so much to Tommy Codling um, for giving up the next three hours for Isabel and I to be on your airwaves. Yeah, on your airwaves for this special International Women's Day broadcast on Gadigal land. And we'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal people as the original custodians of this land and pay our respects to their elders and ancestors. We also acknowledge the significance of Redfern as a place of strength, resistance, knowledge sharing and storytelling for many communities. We would like to honour that history in what we do here at FBI Radio. Especially on International Women's Day, I exactly. think. Uh, so, happy Feminist Christmas um, or International Working Day because the day actually began as a labour movement and the origin stories of International Women's Day or the kind of the well-known origin stories are from a massive demonstration by female garment workers in New York who uh, rallied against low wages and 12-hour workdays and the rally was brutally shut down by police. But according to a Slate expose that was launched last year, that protest never actually happened. So two French feminist historians busted the myth in the uh, 1980s, revealing that the 19th century uprising was actually invented in 1955 in part to detach International Women's Day from its Soviet history. Thanks a lot, feminist (laughs) French historians, for bursting my bubble. So it might not be a national holiday like it is in Afghanistan and Azerbaijan, to name a few countries, but it is an opportunity to acknowledge the hardworking women, female identifying and gender diverse people in our lives and in the world. And that hard work is happening in the workplace, but it's also happening in homes and prisons and hospitals. Um, because let's be real, there is never a day off. As Roxanne Gay lets us know, we live in an imperialist, white supremacist, capitalist patriarchy, uh, which we do. Uh, but it is a good time to reflect. And I was thinking about last year when we did Arvos for International Women's Day, and I was a little bit ambivalent about it. I was kind of like, you know, in high school when there's always that person that gets up in front of assembly and is like, come on, guys give $2 and wear muff today and we can solve poverty in Africa. And you're like, what is this actually going to do? And I kind of, International Women's Day has always been a kind of weird grey area for me. But I think this year I kind of woke up and was like, yes, all right. <laughs> it's important. We rise at dawn. I'm going to shave my eyebrows off or something. <laughs> like I was really, I'm pretty hyped about it this year. Because so <laughs> like stuff got done. Isabel still has her eyebrows, just a yeah, disclaimer. Yeah, it's only three o'clock. Um, <laughs> coming up on the show today, we'll be playing exclusively uh, women, gender diverse, female identity and trans artists like everyone has been doing all day today on FBI. Um, We've also got a pretty exciting announcement to make featuring Music New South Wales and their Women in Electronic Music program, but more about that a little bit later. And we were going to talk to Nayuka Gori about feminism and the LGBTQI movement, but unfortunately Nayuka has strep throat and can't chat to us today, which is such a bummer. Um, I first, I think I was with you actually for the Indigenous Erotic Fan Fiction Night at Giant Dwarf a couple of years ago, and she read this really beautiful, hilarious deeply erotic love story (laughs) between two eucalyptus trees and you didn't realise there were two trees until the very end and it was like getting pretty steamy Um, but the reveal was that there were two trees Um, and it was one of those moments where I was like who thinks of something like this and makes it so funny and so smart so I was really very excited to interview her so hopefully we can do that at another stage on our regular show agenda on Saturday mornings. Yeah looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. Um, We're also talking to Dr Estrida Nemanis about the relationship between feminist theory and environmental humanities. We've got a pretty special culture guide edition uh, with a feminist spin at 4.30 and uh, we're also chatting to visual artist Deborah Kelly about her crowdsourced research into the seven most pressing concerns facing feminism today. And we'll be having a chat with Wollongong-based band Sook, who have recently released a single that you have probably heard on rotation on FBI called I Am Not Your Woman. 
Uh, and they're also running a music festival called Girls in the Gong or Girls in Gong. Girls in Gong. Girls yeah. in Gong. Uh, we want to hear from you as well. What are you doing or not doing today? If you have a song you'd like to dedicate to a woman, female identifying or gender diverse or non-binary person, please text us. 0409-945-945. Full disclaimer, I'm a huge love song uh, dedication fan. They're my favourite. So <laughs> please text us 0409-945-945. Um, did you know that women make up just 12% of Wikipedia contributions and 16% of individuals profiled on the website? Right after this, we'll be talking to Editorial Officer of Sydney University Press, Denise O'Day, about the, world, uh, the Women in Wikipedia-a-thon coming up on the March 20th. Yeah, to kick things off, though, uh, we're going to take a listen to Kayla Truth, who is a Maroonie woman of the Gurang Nation, uh, because what are we really doing talking about International Women's Day if we're not acknowledging the incredible strength and resilience of First Nations women in this country? This is Kayla Truth's latest single uh, called Like Crazy, which is featuring Masquerade, and you're on Arvo's on FBI Radio. listening to Arvo's with Grace Farrell. Oh, 
queen. When you had your mat taking chest out the breast, please just protect your queen. She's at a lotus, let's be honest, life is broad, just protect your queen. The only reason I would write this if I think you should protect your queen This is chestnut checkers, niggas And I'm past all game with niggas And I can't thank you, niggas It's black man and I say this because I love you all to death Gotta get by, but honestly, patience with us I won't understand the pain you witness Systematically, we wake, change, name, change My control ain't shit, change power to the people And I spit, I spit, one, two I need my love, but I need you too Give my heart for not being with you You need to know that I bleed out too If I could honestly tell you about your loyalty Black women in fact treated lower than your loyalty Why shit change? Black life is like a story Accept my love but you have to protect your queen Protect your queen Still walk in the dark, raised by men but raised by God. Raised by stars and all of hers, hips, lips, and kisses from the ancestors. If you accept me, kink and oil, coconut oil, nine crocus, I can't be Becky and I don't wanna be. Systematic beauty is what you've seen, change your scene if you ain't seen a black queen. Walk with wolves and I beat waves with the back of my thighs. Natural anatomy, I naturally block arteries. And I can give you a clue as to who would use us. If a black queen useless, then your black skin useless. A black king, please protect your queen. And black queen, please protect your king. And black queen, please protect your king. And black queen, please. Need more protecting. Need more protecting. Protecting what is half your spirit. Sampa the Great just there with Protect Your Queen. And before that, you heard Kayla Truth with Light Crazy featuring Masquerade. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to a special International Women's Day edition of Arvos with myself, Katie Winton, and Isabel Hawthorburn. We're joined now by Denise O'Day, who is the editorial officer at Sydney University Press and is here to tell us about the Women in Wikipedia Editathon that's happening to kind of attempt to redress the representation of women on Wikipedia. Denise, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you. Thanks Happy for me. International yes. Women's Day. Happy <laughs> Um, Denise, because of the kind of egalitarian format or supposedly egalitarian format of Wikipedia, I think most of us have this idea that it's really equal. Everyone's on equal footing because supposedly anyone can contribute to it. Um, But that isn't really reflected in the stats. Can you paint a picture of what the Wikipedia landscape kind of looks like and who's writing the content and who's being written about? Yeah, sure. So um, as you mentioned before the break... um there's been different research done, but in general, it seems to be about 12% of people who contribute to Wikipedia identify as women, and something like 16% of the individual biographies on there are of women. Um, and like you say, in theory, anybody can jump onto Wikipedia and edit it. So in theory, you'd expect perhaps a bit more of a balance. But of course, in practice, the same um, the same imbalances that exist outside Wikipedia get reproduced. So. Um, Wikipedia has done a bit of its own research to try and figure out why some of this is happening and they've found that things like lack of time, lack of free time, you know, there's a lot of research about how much um, unpaid labour women are doing, so when do they find the time to jump on and... Tell you, he loves talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) winter. So that could be one factor in terms of why women aren't editing more. Um, In terms of the content of Wikipedia... um, Probably the 
the imbalance in the editors contributes to that, but also a lot of um, imbalances that exist outside of Wikipedia get recreated. So although Wikipedia is um, democratic and, well, not democratic, but open, um, it does have guidelines for what you can put on there. And some of those have to do with how well documented your subject is, whether they're referred to in enough um, reputable secondary sources. And those things are important, but it can mean that, say, a female painter who was neglected 50 years ago might be harder to document today because she was not written about Right, so that kind of historical like prejudice or injustice is, is reproduced. That's right, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so what is a Wikipedia editathon? Well, it's a chance for people, particularly people who may not have edited Wikipedia before, to come along and get some training, learn how to do it. Uh, it's easier to get started than a lot of people assume, I think. Um, and then to do some editing together, sort of alongside each other, so that um, especially if you've not done it much before, you've got more experienced people who you can ask for help with, you know, get a, get ideas, um, kind of get an introduction to it and hopefully send people off with a bit more confidence and enthusiasm so that ideally we don't want to just have a day of editing. We want to kind of create a little army of new feminist editors. Definitely. That sounds very exciting. One of the things that we have found in Agenda interviewing people is that you can kind of have these ideas and you can write policy about representation and diversity. But unless you have those actual people with a lived experience in the seats writing the content, then you can tend to reproduce the same kind of patterns, which is why one of the examples I was talking about was like, you have these guys designing tampons and like white writers' <laughs> rooms talking about the prison experience yeah. of people of colour. So do you have methods in place for your editathons to kind of make sure they're not being reproduced? Um, that's something that, because this is the second time we've run an event like this, it's something I've been thinking about in the lead up to it, because I guess um, even in our own processes, it's easy to drift into a certain type of thinking. So um, it's easy to focus a lot on, say, prominent individual women when a lot of women's history has been done or has happened collectively. And so I'm trying to think of ways we can um, acknowledge that in getting people to work on things other than, you know, although they're important, famous women novelists or painters. We'll, we'll be doing that as well. But um, we're really interested this time around in trying to make sure we don't fall into those kind of historical ways of thinking, which may be, as you say, reproducing the problems that we're trying to avoid. So mm -hmm. one thing um, I'm particularly keen to hear from people about is if they have suggestions for um, individual women, but also in particular, say, movements or events or organisations that are significant historically, but maybe aren't documented on Wikipedia. And when people turn up to the Wikipedia editathon, do they, do you provide um, some data or some research on who they'll be editing into Wikipedia? Yeah, or? we do. So we'll run some training, but we'll also have um, a list of um, women we found, some of whom are not on Wikipedia at all, but who we think are notable enough to warrant being on there. And also existing Wikipedia pages, um, which, uh, you know, there's quite a lot of, they call them stubs on Wikipedia. So the person might be in there, you can look them up, but there might be a sentence about them. And, and it'll be about, they are married to this person. Yes, and, and yes. Like, and not what they've yeah, done. they're yeah, four exactly. children, which is yeah. great. But yeah, there's <laughs> often there's quite a lot of women where if you look them up in, say, the Australian Dictionary of Biography, there'll be a long article about them, but there might be a short sentence in Wikipedia. And especially for people who haven't done it before, that's a good way to have a go because you're not creating something from scratch but if you can find some more resources about the person you can really flesh out that article and it sounds like a lot of fun as well like everyone kind of getting together it is fun. And yeah it's fun to do it together it might sound a little bit nerdy but it's actually really yeah, i love nerdy fun if you're a nerd <laughs> if you're not a nerd if you're anyone interested <laughs> in redressing the gender bias on wikipedia where do you go to do it um, for our event? Yeah. yeah. So it's um, if you're interested in coming along, it's on the 20th of March at the University of Sydney Library, uh, but it's not just for University of Sydney people. Anyone can come. And the best way to find out more and also to RSVP is to head to um, the Sydney Uni Press Twitter account and there's a pinned link at the top of our Twitter feed and that's probably the best way to 
find out. And is it happening all around the world on the same day? or Not on the same day. So during March, there's this global movement, which it started in the States, but it's now, I think last year, it happened in something like 20 countries. It's um, during March, which is Women's History Month, um, people have organised these events um, and focusing on different different countries, um, different aspects of diversity on Wikipedia. So all this month there'll be events like this. And if people are interested in sort of getting a picture of that global movement, um, the organisation Art Plus Feminism, if you look them up, they've got a lot of a lot of info. Cool. We'll pop a link up to that on the Arvo's show page as well. Denise, thank you so much for coming in to chat oh, to thanks us. thanks for having me. Uh, we just got a text in. Um, I'm just going to read it. Uh, you two are the best. I want to hear the Na from Wollongong and their song Sensitivity. So this one goes out to M. It's called Sensitivity by the Na. Stick around because we'll be talking to artist Deborah Kelly about crowdsourcing feminist knowledge uh, just up next. Rainbow Chan, live at Golden Age Cinema and Bar. Made possible by Young Henry's. Best served loud. We're there. Right now, on the live feed. Sure. 
2018 Mossman Youth Art Prize. Entries for the 2018 Mossman Youth Art Prize are now open. Featuring Sydney's young, aspiring and emerging artists, the prize offers budding creators the opportunity to display their works in a public gallery. This year, the art prize will be judged by artist Ken Doan, with winners receiving cash prizes, scholarships and art materials. If you're aged between 12 and 21, you can find submission details at mossmanartgallery.org.au. Entries close March 5. Mossman Art Gallery, sponsoring FBI Radio. Plum with How Much Does Your Love Cost? And before that, you heard Rainbow Chan with The Creator, which was from the live feed from her show at Golden Age Cinema and Bar. And we're joined now by artist Deborah Kelly to talk about 52 Artists, 52 Actions. Thanks so much for joining us, Deborah. Hi, good afternoon. <laughs> good Happy afternoon. International Women's Day. Thank you, you too. Uh, can you start by telling us what 52 Artists, 52 Actions is all about? 52 Artists, 52 Actions is a project set up by Artspace. Um, you know, the 
very incredible, powerful, innovative art institution in Woolloomooloo, um, although their reach is really way bigger than Woolloomooloo. Um, it's a uh, 52 artists from across Southeast Asia um, are making a week of works, especially for Instagram. So, which probably means a lot to you young people. <laughs> <laughs> but I myself don't really know how to use Instagram. So the lovely people at Artspace are helping me um, because I'm like the auntie. <laughs> <laughs> but you've created the content to put on social media. Yeah, but they're doing the hashtags <laughs> whatever <Controversial>. hashtags are <laughs> so as the cool auntie at art space to prepare for your action for international women's day you've asked people who identify as feminists to join you um you asked them to join you for a brainstorming session to isolate seven of the most pressing concerns facing feminism correct so I feel like every time we talk about feminist, feminism in any space, we're always talking about the generational gap and, you know, what do we do? Where do we go from here? So I was wondering if you anticipated that with the kinds of concerns different people would have and what people did come up with. Yeah, so nobody came up with generation gap. Okay, no Really mind. nobody. <laughs> um, lots and lots of people sent me in their top concerns. Uh, which was a bit overwhelming because they came in through um, text messages, Facebook messages, Facebook posts, um, directly to ArtSpace and uh, two other ways. So it was really full on compiling them. And then because some people, of course, like the issues are pretty overwhelming and so they'd sent me like a whole page of a concerns which I would which I then had to kind of boil down to something that I could print onto an A3 page that people could look at and vote upon. So I just in the spirit of the fact that feminism itself is collective, I just didn't want to do it by myself. I really wanted to make it a collective thing as far as possible. So um yeah, I had all these suggestions and I mean, some of them, it turned out, were kind of the same topic but addressed in a different way. Um, so it really took some other brains to figure that out because I just became a bit overwhelmed. And maybe, I don't know, 40 people turned up and other people were sending in their opinions by the various media. So trying to hold it together was very intense, I must <laughs> say. And because it was only one hour... I tried to make it pretty narrow, the scope of what we were trying to do. Like, we weren't trying to solve feminism. Really? You mean it's still a problem? <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't even try to smash patriarchy pretty well at all. We just tried to locate seven really pressing issues. And then my task is to try to turn those pressing issues into things something that can appear on Instagram especially, but because, as I mentioned, I'm not that keen on, I don't know that much about Instagram. Um, and I do see that it's a platform of a kind, but to me, any platform is powerful if it is a conduit between realms of human existence, right? So I'm really hoping that the things that I'm putting on Instagram can escape from Instagram, like maybe even into the world where we actually live. Mm. I mean, I know we live there too. Yeah. <laughs> we totally do live there too. But but I, I'm just really tired of the streets being totally full of commercial messages. Um, and and those, that messaging is very patriarchal as well. It's not like... It's, totally. Yeah. Colonial heteropatriarchal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all out going on at once. And our resistance has kind of migrated out of the streets. And I just really want to um, encourage people to appear in the IRL. Mm. It seems really kind of like <laughs> DIY punk, the stuff that you're wanting to physically get out into the world. I think you called it um, stickers, 
what's it called, crowdsourced feminist wisdom as print-at-home stickers and posters, adding value to any streetscape labouring under the burden of patriarchy. But it is this, you know... (laughs) Yeah, it sounds good. I also really like the act of, um, like what you were talking about before, is feminism as a collective movement but also not as a universal movement. I think that's a really important kind of element of what you're doing between asking people what their lived experience is to come up with the content too. Um, I think especially on a day like today, it can kind of be marketed as a universal movement, which there are so many different, I mean, you must have had so many different concerns. I mean, especially if you're trying to sell bras or something. (laughs) (laughs) If you've just tuned in, we're talking to artist Deborah Kelly about her project for 52 Artists, 52 Actions. It's a tongue twister to say that one for me. (laughs) And the website's just the same. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're going to take a track now from Janelle Monae called Django Jane. Yay! Um, (laughs) And when we come back right after this, we'll talk a little bit more about the project. Let's get Yeah, yeah, this is my palace. Champagne in my chalice. I got it all covered like a wedding band. Wonderland, so my alias is Alice. And we gon' start a motherfucking pussy riot. Or we gon' have to put them on a pussy diet. Look at that, I guarantee I got them quiet. Look at that, I guarantee they all inspired. A-Town made it out there. Straight out Kansas City, yeah, we made it out there. Celebrated, graduated, made it past fail. Sassy, classy, Kool-Aid with the kale. Mama was a G, she was cleaning hotels. Papa was a driver, I was working retail. Kept us in the back of the store, we ain't hitting no more. Moon lit, nigga, lit, nigga. Already got the Oscar for the costume. Running down Grammys with the family. Probably give a Tony to the homies. Probably get an Emmy dedicated to the highly melanated. Arc Android orchestrated. Yeah, we highly melanated. Arc Android orchestrated. Yeah, Gemini still jamming. Box office numbers and they doing outstanding. Running out of space in the damn bandwagon. Remember when they used to say I look too mannish? Black girl magic, y'all can't stand it. Y'all can't ban it. Made out like a bandit. They've been trying hard just to make us all vanish. I suggest they put a flag on a whole nother planet. Jane Bond, never Jane Doe. And I Jane Go, never Sambo. Black and white, yeah, it's always been my camo. It's looking like y'all gon' need some more ammo. I cut them off, I cut them off, I cut them off like Van Gogh. Now, damn right for the angle. I got away with murder, no scandal. <laughs> Cue the violins and violas. We gave you life, we gave you birth. We gave you God, we gave you earth. We film the future, don't make it worse. You want the world, well, what's it worth? Emoticons, Decepticons, and Autobots. Who twist the plot, who shot the sheriff, then fled to Paris in the darkest hour, spoke truth to power, made a fan joy out of your girlfriend. Let's get caught downtown in the whirlwind and paint the city pink, paint the city pink, and tuck the pearls in just in case the world in. Huh. And nigga down dog, nigga move back, take a seat, you are not involved. And hit the mute button, let the vagina have a monologue. Mansplaining, I fold them like origami. What's the way, baby? This a tsunami for the culture. I kamikaze. I put my life on a lifeline. If she the goat, now would anybody doubt it? If she the goat, now would anybody doubt it? Huh? Do anybody got it? Do anybody got it? I say anybody got it. You're listening to FBI Radio um, for a special International Women's Day Arvos, and we're joined by Deborah Kelly, who's talking to us about 52 Artists, 52 Actions, and her project for International Women's Day, um, where you've kind of been isolating seven of the most pressing issues within feminism. We won't get you to list them all, but (laughs) I'm wondering if you were surprised by some of the reoccurring issues that were coming up for people who identified as feminists. You know, there were really surprising inclusions and some things that just didn't come up at all, which also astonished me. Um, For instance, nobody talked about um, the free 
access to abortion that used to be a really hot issue. Mm-hmm. And now because, you know, there's it's not even legal in New South Wales. It's a very um, patchwork kind of legislation all around Australia, but nobody brought it up. Um, but there were other things that were really, really crucial and people brought up in all different ways, like... Um, Turning up to and listening to Indigenous women's concerns. Um, People put that to me in all different ways and um, I use it as the issue of yesterday's post on Instagram. I couldn't actually boil down the question to be anything more meaningful or powerful than how the question kind of came in, so I just wrote out the question itself, Um, So, which is pretty inadequate really, but it's on Instagram. You can go and have a look. Um, So some of the other issues were, like a really surprising one that was extremely popular was that women must write themselves into history, that we mustn't let the archives exclude us. That is so interesting because we were just talking to the organiser of the Wikipedia Editathon Uh about the kind of gender imbalance within the like the right the content writers of wikipedia and who they were writing about so mm-hmm. there is definitely this like growing movement of acknowledging that the archives don't properly represent the the actions and work of female female artists and um, writers but also the communities because it isn't just as she was saying it's not just about these kind of star artists it's also about the communities and movements that they are a part of that are often omitted and lives and history. You know, mm. I was in an op shop yesterday looking at old books, which is what a lot of my artwork is made of, discarded books and kind of the ruins of the civilization. Um, and there was a, like, 12-volume um, encyclopedia about the great ages of man. And they Haven't actually mean men. <laughs> <laughs> they actually mean men. Like, they didn't mean human beings. They really mean men because one volume out of 12 was devoted to domestic life. And that was the only one in which any women appeared, which is pretty interesting. Um, So, I mean, that's changed a bit, or maybe quite a bit. But that encyclopedia was only published in 1980. Yeah, right. You know, that's not that long ago. I was alive. I know you weren't. (laughs) <laughs> <We're nearly alive. laughs> I, I bet your parents hadn't even met oh, no they hadn't but yeah I mean whether or not they've written about they've written about in the sense that they're like this woman was married to this guy and she had this many children it's not as if they're exhaustive um, accounts of their lives and achievements it's still you know there's a lot of work to be done and it yeah. is about doing that work and making sure that it doesn't as we were talking about before reproduce the same kind of sexism and racism transphobia that it does at the moment speaking about the uh 80s i was um you've been making political work for a while and i think one of my favorite cart like lesser known cartoons of yours um was one that says uh fuck house sorry <laughs> language warning fuck housework let's dance um, uh-huh. that was a 1984 kind of feminist cartoon and i was wondering whether you think that anything has changed in terms of feminism in australia You know, lots of things have changed. Um, Probably an overwhelming number of things have changed. There's a huge upswell in people identifying as feminists now, which is very cool, I think. Um, But some things have totally disappeared. Like, I'm doing a feminist project for Melbourne University at the moment through the wonderful Next Wave Festival. Um, And... I suggested that maybe in association with my work, we, my um, DJ group could reform and we could have a women's dance. And everyone at the table was like, wow, what is that? We're like, you know, a dance where women come to. And they're like, just women? Yeah, that's why we call it a women's dance. <laughs> <laughs> and like they'd never heard of such a thing. And they used to be really regular. And they weren't just queer women's dancers. They were just women without men. It was so fun. There was like free childcare. Yeah, you would, you've been talking to me about this a bit in the past. So you could bring your children and put them in childcare while you were dancing at a club. Yeah. 
I feel like childcare is one of those conversations because there is this kind of allergy to talking about maternity and motherhood within feminism because it's not particularly sexy. It is, but not really in the in the sphere of kind of feminism at the moment. And so childcare is one of those issues that doesn't get talked about or not as valued. often at least. Yeah. 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 I think maybe it's generational because mm. women who maybe are a bit older than you who are feminists who are having children um it's really very hot topic. Mm. Um, but also maybe it's kind of disappeared a bit. I mean, I've worked from I worked for a long time designing magazines for the Community Child Care Cooperative of New South Wales. Um, and that was an actual direct outcome of the women's liberation movement, which got certain amount of power and access to power and access to money in the 70s. And they went then, they said, um, wow, what, what can we actually do with this power? And one of the really first things they did was set up really high quality childcare and insist upon it as a right for parents and insist that governments must support it, that it wasn't a private issue, it was a community issue. So cool. It's very cool. And childcare is very expensive. So it's definitely something important. Yeah. Um, Deborah, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us on Agenda. I mean, wait, Arvos, <laughs> on the yeah, Arvos takeover agenda. of Agenda. Uh, we normally do Saturday mornings um, on Agenda on FBI Radio. Uh, and people are able to download your posters and stickers this afternoon. Is that correct? T minus 10 minutes, I think. Yeah. Yeah, there's a new one that's being released today, which is for people to use on public transport in particular. I mean, it. Partly, so it came from one of the issues raised at the brainstorm that got a lot of votes, which was about um, men dominating space, metaphorically, but also literally. So, and I'd kind of always wanted to do something for the bus because I'm a public transport person, because it drives me so insane seeing people (coughs) um, taking up two or three seats because they have to spread their legs so wide to leave rooms for their room for their imaginations. <laughs> um, so I've made a little usable DIY sticker or poster that you can take to the bus and surreptitiously stick up somewhere where people can see it. And there are actually five different ones because I crowdsourced the words on it. Um, so there's all different texts on the pictogram, my first pictogram I've ever drawn. Um, and like my nephew, Wananga... Um, he he made a really cool one that's like man to man, which is anyway you'll see it. There's, <laughs> so cool. Yeah, so there's all different ones. Some of them funny, some really angry. I feel like it's my little act of resistance every time I get on a bus and I try and take up lots of space and like push up against people that are spreading their legs. So now you can put a sticker up. Now I'm like in front of them. Sticker up. That's very cool. Deborah, we've also been asking people to text us with love song dedications to uh, female or femme or female identifying gender diverse people in their lives today. Um, Did you have a, a song to leave us with that's a love song? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> Fantastic. Katie's obsessed. It doesn't have to be a love song. Katie just well, wants no, to play love Wait, songs. let me clarify. I think love song in terms of like platonic love, romantic love, any kind of love that you have for a femme, female identifying person in your life. Okay. <laughs> My song is Come Me Where by Sudan Archives. And I want to dedicate it to my darling Susie Goldfish. That's so lovely. Uh, You're listening to Arvo's on Agenda on FBI Radio. I can't jump high, but I hear all the notes. I can't be you, no. I can't be you, but I can be true. Time ends, yes. And I can't 
And I kind of 